Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. As always, I'm Jeff Jones, one of your hosts, and my other host is, again, my good friend and a great shooter, Steve Foster, how you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. You know, it's an early Tuesday morning. These are really working out well for us to keep the content coming out for our listeners. And we've got a good one. If you've uh, if you've been on Facebook, Twitterverse, uh, Instagram, uh, if you've been keeping up on the rumor mill, uh, reading the smokestacks, uh, the smoke signals, uh, if you haven't done any of that, you don't know, but we have our first ever 13 division GM in steel. And we've got him here today. That's right, people. We're talking to Daniel Matthias. Daniel, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Doing fantastic. Doing great. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Well, you know, it's quite an accomplishment. And, uh, you know, Steve, uh, you've got six GMs. That's correct. And somewhere working on the seventh. Yep. Actually single stack, right? Pretty close. Yep. Yeah. Single stacks getting up there and, uh, carry optics is up there. Just haven't shot him much lately, but I think, uh, Daniel's inspiring me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you tell you, I've got seven and, uh, real close in, uh, uh, optical sight revolver, which, uh, is, uh, same kind of thing. He's inspired me to, you know, uh, get out there and say, you know what? He's got 13, but, uh, maybe I can at least get my eighth, which is pretty darn cool. Cause when it comes to me, I don't know about you, but when it comes to me, uh, the iron sights are going to be difficult because, these old eyes don't work like they used to. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. So So actually, Daniel, Daniel, first of all, joking. Hold on, Steve. Joking about my age. uh, How old are you? 36. 26, did you say? 36. 36. 36 years old. So you still got over 20 years on me. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Steve, you had a question. No, I'm just gonna ask Daniel. So, of all the uh, of all the divisions, what was the toughest one for you to um, become a grandmaster in? That's a difficult one. Um, I would say, from a from a technical perspective, you know, just pure shooting skills uh, and 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 the peak times. I would say limited is the one that I chased the longest. Mm. Um, I think I was at 94% for almost a full season until I, I got the last, the last percentage that I needed. Uh, but mentally speaking, the most difficult was production, which was the last one. That was just, uh, uh, you know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself on, you know, on the last one. So it was definitely the toughest one mentally to, to just relax and shoot. And you finally got it. You finally got it when you relaxed and shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, uh, the mental aspect of this game is, is, is so important, you know? Oh, we've talked uh, about it. At, yeah, it's at huge. So, yes, absolutely. It's huge. It's huge. Just, just being in the moment, just being present, you know? 
it's amazing in uh, in a two second string or or what have you, depending on what gun you're shooting, how much your brain can you know process a bunch of other things that are not related to what you should be looking at for that exact specific moment. You know, it's five plates, but sometimes you're on plate number two thinking about your draw. Well, that was a good draw. Ah, it's probably gonna be a good string. Maybe we should push it a little harder, and then all of a sudden you miss a plate three, and it's like, where'd that come from? I was doing so well. Yeah. So, the classic one that I always talk about when I'm training is, is when you rip the first four plates and then you just kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're on this high of, of, you know, just going fast and everything's working. And like you say, this is all happening sometimes in under two seconds. And then you just crank one off of the stop plate, cocksure, ready, ready to take your great time. And you're, you're you've shot and you're almost reloading and then you realize you missed the stop plate. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Yeah. Well, so how long have you been uh, shooting and then uh, shooting steel challenge? Uh, well, I moved, I moved to the U S uh, early uh, 2017. Um, I was a, a huge store next to where I was living and uh I actually came from, well, a little bit about myself, but I actually came from skydiving and uh, winter was, was upon us and I couldn't skydive anymore. Uh, so um, I figured, hey, there's a shooting range. I'm going to give this thing a try. And I ended up meeting some very nice folks uh, that took me under their wing, fantastic people. And uh, so I pretty much started shooting end of 17. I would say shot some bowling pin matches over early 2018. And I think my first ever steel match was, was November 2018 or something. It was like the last match of the year at, uh, at Riley Conservation Club. So what you're saying is that if you'd have moved to Florida where you can skydive year round, you probably would have never been a shooter. That could have been a big possibility for sure. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny how things like that work out, um, you know, how you end up finding the sport um, or finding a passion. Uh, it's it's interesting. So, you know, it just happened to be, like you say, where you're living, where you were uh, working, what was near you. Hey, this looks interesting. And then, of course, um, I think a, a key issue is finding a group of people that. Uh, are fun to be within in the sport. You know, if you do, if your first shot, first time you shot and people were grumpy and, and standoffish and not willing to help and all that, you probably would have gone, this sport isn't for me. But from my experiences is that, you know, 95% of the people are just the opposite of that. They're I've seen Steve, I've done it. You know, somebody breaks a gun. You're like, Oh, here's, here's my gun. Go shoot. Um, and you know, uh, it's just what we do and I've borrowed guns and I've let people borrow guns and, and, uh, it's just, uh, it makes the, uh, I don't know, the sport feel more like home to me. Absolutely. Hey, Daniel, where did you, uh, where did you move from? Uh, from Brazil. Oh, okay. What brought you to the, uh, United States? I work. I uh, I had my I got a position here uh, with uh, with the company I was currently working with. 
Oh, what do you awesome. do? What do, what is your what is your profession? I'm a project manager for uh, steering systems in, in automotive for ThyssenKrupp. Okay, super. Well, you know, being the stalker that I am, I went and, oh and looked at <laughs> I went and looked at your uh, your SCSA records, and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm, you know, people, I know you don't want to hear this, but you know. I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm ready to give you the full moniker of, of 13 division GM. Cause I noticed that you haven't shot speed option in carry optics. So, you know, I'm, I may have to hold off on my, my accolades here. <laughs> well, that's not true. Did it, did it, has that changed? Cause of the no, way I saw it. That's not true. It's not, it's not just carry optics. I think there's a PCC in there as well. Oh, did I miss another one? See, you know, we're going to have to call Zach and we're going to have to call them and go, you know, well, yeah, he got it. But, you know, does it really count? <laughs> no, um, I actually was was uh, I, I uh, when I was looking at your scores, I actually was quite impressed in the fact that you did not do this, um, which would be quite within the rules to just shoot, you know, any four stages and you could, you know, pick and choose shooting the speed four. you've shot, you know, virtually all the stages with all the guns. Um, and so it hasn't been just, you know, I'm going to go out and shoot uh, a roundabout showdown, smoke and hope and accelerator. Uh, you know, you added the tough ones in there and they're all over uh, 95%. So again, you know, you know, I'm just poking fun with you. Uh, I oh, I mean, absolutely. I and um, you know, I've, I've been chasing this for a while, as you guys can imagine, and, you know, as, as things happened, uh, I moved to the next gun. You know, yep. I, I, my, my goal was uh, how far can I push myself in different divisions, you know. And uh, we've, we've seen people try it in the past and get, uh, get very close. And I know, I know I wasn't the only one chasing it. Uh, so that's pretty much how that happened. So, you know, you shoot the matches, you can, you can attend locally. Most of them are four and six stages. And uh, sometimes you shoot five, four or five matches or whatever. And uh, that stage never comes up, but uh, you know, it gives me something to look forward to and, and still something to, to chase. Yep. No, that's great. That's great. And, and now you and I talked, I, I, I kind of know the answer to this. And, and, you know, Steve asked what he thought was one of the more difficult guns. What was the gun that was the most fun to get? Oh, that, that's an easy one. That was OSR. That was there off the go. revolver. <laughs> <laughs> For those, and Steve, I know that, that uh, you've shot it, uh, but uh, I think you shot it to get your club 13 and you haven't done much uh, more on, uh, on the revolver side of it, but that's correct. <laughs> For those that, <laughs> For those that want to just have a good time shooting a gun, uh, you know, from Daniel and I, uh, you can't go wrong with OSR. And I'll let Daniel express his feelings behind it. But the one that I had is the fact that, one, you have to stay really focused because, you know, you're only going to have at most eight shots and you might even be shooting a seven shot revolver. And if you're shooting a six shot revolver, I'm giving you some serious cred. Um, 
but there's no expectation. And so when there's no expectation, again, getting into that mental aspect of the game, your, your brain stops thinking, oh my God, I got to go fast. I got to go fast. You're, you're more worried about going, I'm shooting a revolver. And it just feels a lot of fun. Daniel, would you have anything to add on that? I mean, absolutely. I, uh, I love open. Um, I'm, I'm forever an open shooter in my heart. Um, but when I pick up the open gun, it's like, okay, this is business time. Let's go, go, go. Um, but when I picked up the revolver, it was exactly like you said. I mean, there's no other words for it. I had, I had no expectations. I had no idea what was going to happen. I, uh, I picked it up and I put 50 rounds through it. I sighted it in and I took it to a match and I figured, you know, Hey, this is what it's going to be. And I'm just going to have a good time. And I think on that day I already shot a couple of master stages. And then I was like, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop smiling after I was done with this thing. I'm like, everybody's looking at me and was like, you're, you're a 2011 shooter. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a single stack. <laughs> Like, there's no way you're going to be good with a revolver. Like, you don't know how those triggers work. You don't know what we all have to deal with. And it was like, I just had this grin on my face. And I was like, okay, let's see how this works. And it was, yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. It was, it was, it was a good day. I, 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 I won't forget that day. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, Daniel, what, what, what revolver are you shooting? Are you shooting the 929 or what? Yeah, the 929. Did you do any uh, any work to the trigger or anything like that? Any other sort of custom stuff to it? Uh, so this is actually an interesting story because when I started to chase it, you know, I, I still had to get the PCC and the revolver. And um, I started to look for a revolver online and I found one on the practice core ads and it was already fully tuned. And um, I said, you know what? I don't know anything about revolvers. I don't know the first thing about them. I think it, to this day I can shoot them, but if I had to take one apart, I'm pretty sure I can't put it back together. Um, so uh, I found this revolver and it was, it was tuned by one of the Smith and Wesson team guys. So I figured, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna take me where I need to be. And that's, that's what it was. So I know it's had some work done with it to it. I have the list of what was done to it, but, Oh, please don't have me speak to it. <laughs> I can yeah, tell you a lot about a 2011, but the revolver is, to me, it's just fun. That's what I do with it. I pick it up, I clean it, and I shoot it. That's awesome. I, we were talking last week, uh, shot Metal Madness for the first time a week and a half ago, and they have, uh, it's all rimfire at this point in time, and it sounds like it's going to open up to centerfire next year. But, man, I shot a... I've got a couple of six seventeens. I shot my open revolver. Oh my gosh. I felt like a kid. That was so much fun. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, there's a Brian with hunters HD gold has a TK custom nine twenty nine in his van. I picked that up last week at uh, that metal madness. <laughs> oh man. That thing is awesome. I think I gotta get one of those done. That's really what cool. You're, man. What you're saying is if you're, if you're going to be at a match, where Brian's at and you're shooting revolver, yours magically broke. Exactly. <laughs> and, and because, exactly. Of, you know, for those that don't know, and uh, my God, for those that don't know who Brian Conley is, uh, you're either very new to the sport or haven't been to uh, anything but maybe a local match. 
Uh, Brian uh, invented Hunter's HD Gold, uh, one of the best shooting lenses on the market. Uh, they transcend multiple shooting disciplines. Uh, he's got different eyewear for, you know, kind of somewhat specialized for different uh, of the disciplines, including shotgun and, uh, and of course, steel challenge. And I know for a fact he's at the USPSA Nationals right now. Uh, he puts up some, some great videos. He's always out there. In fact, I was watching, he was, uh, taping the carry optic super squad, uh, yesterday. So I got to see a little bit of his, uh, Facebook live, uh, transmission. The, um, he has bought a sprinter van and has what he calls the magical mystery tour. And Steve, have you ever seen anything like this van anywhere no absolutely not but you know what's kind of interesting jeff there's going to be uh an interesting article that's going to be in uspsa magazine pretty soon that's going to talk a little bit about uh, the evolution of hunter's hd gold into hunter's hd ruby so coming nice. to a magazine rack soon oh and I'm, I'm sure it's going to been written by one of the world famous authors nudge nudge hint hint <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but this a big I, shout out to a big shout out to Brian for everything that he does for absolutely. for the shooting sports and for the shooters. This guy is a a legend. Yeah. Well, I'm, again, you know, uh, I've said it on this podcast. I've said it to his face, and I'll say it every time. Uh, he came up with one of the best marketing plans ever for the lenses. Uh, you walk up, you're looking at him. There's a bunch of different styles and and you're they're on the racks there and you're looking at them and brian goes hey do you like those and he's like yeah he goes go shoot with them and people are taken aback what do you mean, go shoot with them go shoot with them take them go shoot with them what do you want me to leave a deposit do you want me to sign something no go shoot them go enjoy the match come back and tell me what you think of them and most people come back with their checkbook and they and they buy the lenses because they they speak for themselves. But uh, getting back to the magical mystery tour van, um, when you go inside the van is where a lot of the magic happens um, in the back. He's got multiple guns for multiple divisions specifically to ensure that a shooter whose gun goes down can still stay in the match. So here's a guy that's not shooting. He's not a shooter and is ready to still be there for the shooters. Well, I take that back. He's not shooting the match. Brian is a shooter. Um, uh, I believe his, is it triple forks is what he owns. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So um, no, he's a shooter. Uh, but when he's at these matches, uh, he's representing Hunter's HD gold, but he's there with these guns and he's got everything. I mean, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's got a Billy Striplin, uh, buck mark on the table. Doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, hey, hey Jeff, he, uh, he actually shot metal madness. So did he? Yeah, there you go. I'm, well, I'm, second, I'm not, second, second time I've seen him shoot a match. Was the first time at Rimfire Worlds when he shot in the Cowboy Division? That's correct. <laughs> I believe he won that too, didn't he? No, Larry no, Joe Larry Joe won. won. Larry Joe won. Wasn't that 
It was it wasn't uh, Larry that won that one. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Larry. Um. So anyways, getting back to to Daniel, I was looking here uh, at your scores, and you know, uh, with regards to production, um, looks like you really turned it on there in the month of October. Uh, in in the first ten days of the month, you're able to get uh three different matches in. Uh, I think mainly because the Kentucky state steel challenge uh, match was happening and uh, you actually set five personal bests um, in this is what, from the second to the 10th. So within an eight day period, you set five personal bests Uh, that had to feel pretty good. Oh yeah. That was a big relief, especially on the last, uh, on the last match. I think that was when I took uh, a five to go and, and, and pendulum really. And, and where, I, where I actually made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that just, um, I think that's the biggest challenge uh, uh, around the, uh, let's say trying to accomplish this goal. At least it was for me, you know, just changing multiple platforms and uh, sometimes also shooting, you know, you can shoot two to three guns in a match and the combination for me sometimes would change, you know. And uh, I think once you're tuned to a gun, right, then it, it, it happens, right? So I think that's, that's a lot that has to do with, you know, you're going to shoot sometimes with that gun and, and, and try to get tuned to it or the gun tuned to you. And then once everything is perfect, then things start falling into place. And I think one one personal best starts, you know, building on top of the other and then your, your confidence is there and you're, you know, you're not pushing it. You're just letting it happen. But uh, let's say that, that last pendulum was, uh, was textbook. I will never forget that stage. I think it was uh, 103%. Uh, and, and that day it's just uh, a technique and, and a mental aspect that I want to save with me for, for the rest of my career in shooting and, and try to replicate that because that was just textbook. That was pretty good. I'm guessing, I mean, if we were to go back, if they were using the AMG Labs timers, <clears throat> Alex is a person in front of the podcast, just want to point that out. Uh, <laughs> the, Alex uh, is the man. Yes, absolutely. If they were using those timers, of course, we could go into practice score competitor uh, and, and actually see it. But I'm guessing it was just, as you say, it's textbook, uh, you know, uh, the, the draw yeah. was on and it was every one, every one of your runs was a one for one run. You did not have, of course, have any misses. I, um, I think the first run was a three, five. Then I followed that or a three, four. I followed that with a three, five that had a makeup shot on play three. Okay. And then a three, two, three, one and two, nine. Okay. Wow. So yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, getting faster every stage and, uh, by the end there, you were, you were cranking it. Yeah. That ended up being a uh, 1252. Uh, and, uh, the, the peak time is a 13. So yeah, that's, as you pointed out, you know, 103%. Uh, well, that's fantastic. So what's, what's next? Are you done? Have you, have, have you said, okay, now I'm going to go to uh, long range or, uh, I'm gonna, you know, start a new discipline or, have you got have you got another goal for yourself uh, with regards to Steel Challenge? I need a rest now, but I'm definitely not <laughs> retiring. Uh, and, and hey, I got 13 guns to clean. That's a lot of work for the winter. Okay, <laughs> so that's my goal. I want to clean all the guns. I got. 
apart. That's great. Put all That's... back together and test fire. That's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I think uh, um, one of the reasons you also saw a lot of matches here in the last few days is I knew the season was coming to an end, especially here in Indiana. Uh, you know, you still have matches throughout the winter when the weather is not uh, is, is not too bad. But, uh, you know, especially coming out of a draw, um, for me, you know, coming from where I come from, you know, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about drawing a gun at 40, 50 degrees. So that's actually what I did last winter as well. That's when I chased the PCC. So they were, they were all shot in December, January, February, I think. Um, because it's just a lot easier from low ready, you know, so, um, to, to handle the cold. And I knew that was coming up. So I wanted to make a final push and get, and get production in because I wasn't sure, you know, that, uh, I was going to be able to put personal bests, uh, uh, let's say with, with colder weather coming up. Mm -hmm. So that's where that last push also came from. And, um, now I want to focus a little bit on the family uh, just have fun. Just go back to shooting open and uh, our FPL, which is the divisions that I love, and and uh, and and go from there. Let's see where it takes. I'm sure something will come up. That's great. That's great. You know, Steve and I. I know if I don't know if it's the coldest match Steve's ever shot in, but I know it was the coldest match I've ever shot in. It was about four years ago at the Griffin match. At the end of February, and I think we started the match in the morning, and it was, Steve, do you remember something like 37 degrees? Yeah, it was actually the first, it used to be held the first weekend in February. That's that's and when I, it was, it, that's when it was. And I, I think it was actually 32, 33 degrees. It oh. got up to maybe high 40s, which felt like a sauna, but yeah, it was pretty cold. I, I, I remember because I had... Two sweatshirts, a jacket, a scarf, a hat, and gloves on. And I'd hear, you know, that I'd be the next shooter. And all of that came off. <laughs> and it was a quick load, a quick make ready. Okay. And shoot five stages and then bundle back up. Because <laughs> there was no way I was going to be able to shoot and all that, that uh, extra covering. But... Uh, there was also no way I was going to last if I uh, if I didn't have that. But then, as I remember, by the end of the day, it got into like the mid 50s, maybe even the low 60s. It was a crazy day for the temperature. Yeah, it, it was probably felt hotter than what it was. But, yeah, it definitely got a lot warmer. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, Go Daniel. Ahead. I was just going to say, Daniel, I want to know just a little bit more about, you know, because a lot of our listeners shoot, of course, especially the Steel Challenge. Can you walk us through what your training regimen is? Not necessarily so specific to, um, you know, a lot of low ready guns. Let's talk about the last couple, like production limited that you mentioned. Uh, what's your what's your practice regimen look like to, you know, to be able to achieve what you did? Yeah. Uh that's a good question. Uh, I wish I would train more. Uh, most of my training is shooting matches, to be honest with you guys. Sure. Um, uh, what I will try to do is, um, I, at least the, the ranges that I like to shoot, now I, I moved because of work, so I'm a little further. Uh, but there's a facility here in Indiana, ProTech, and uh, they, uh, they have stages set up around the year. Um, 
So that's pretty awesome. You can just go and practice. So that's usually what, I, what I'll, I'll try to do. Just go out there uh, and practice. And if I have a big match or something, or I'm trying to figure out a new gun, so I'll just, you know, uh, uh, put in for a, for a day off work, just, just drive there and uh, uh, spend the day, maybe, you know, or half a day, 300, 400 rounds, uh, just really figure it out, tune what I want to tune uh, on a particular stage and, uh, and kind of go from there. But I don't have, let's say, a scheduled weekly routine or something like that. I'll sort of do it on demand based on what I'm seeing from matches and, and things like that. Sure. How many rounds would you say you've shot in the last 12 months? Uh, that's an easy one. I can look that up. So, Oh, I love him already, but I love him even more because he keeps track of his rounds, which is something I do. So kudos to you, my brother. <laughs> yeah. So 2021, we're at the 14,400 mark. That's not bad at all. No. Are yeah. most of those centerfire? Um, most of them. I haven't shot too much rimfire this year. What I had is uh, RFP, uh, RFRO and RFRI. I was still sitting on old classifications. So uh, I, it wasn't a 95% GM anymore. So I cleaned those up uh, uh, here in the last couple months. But um, most of it was, was center fire. Yeah. I would say 2019 is probably when I shot most of my rim fire. I shot 29,000 rounds that year. Wow. That's great. So let me ask you this. Taking out the mental aspect of the game, because I think if I were to say what's the most important part of the game, you might respond with the mental aspect. Take that out. What do you think – and of course, it may be different for each gun, but in general, what do you think is the biggest concept that any shooter listening to this could go to the range the next time and and work on to improve their scores? Uh, that's a good one. There's so much there's so I much know. stuff there. But I think it really depends on on what the goals are, right? I'm a numbers guy. So to me, it's always understanding where you are. It's maybe looking at other shooters that you're trying to, uh, um, uh, let's say, be part of or be part with and, uh, and, and, and break that down into numbers and, uh, and figure out where, where it is that you need that one-tenth or, or two-tenths. Because sometimes we underestimate how much a tenth per string is. You know, If you can shave a tenth off your of your of your draw for example right and and you're you're consistent about that and uh, that's that's half second per string that's four seconds in a match that's, that's huge. huge nowadays yes. yeah it's huge yep it's huge that's that's one class and um and and everything else i think goes back to the to the mental aspect you know and, and if you if you know where that tenth is and and just just chase it and be happy with it and not try to go two tenths because that's when, when the train falls apart. But then we're back to the mental aspect. But uh, I would say what, what really helped me in steel is kind of bundling the stages. Is uh, I, I shoot, for example, five to go, uh, speed option and pendulum. You know, I call those the, the three-second center fire stages. So, you know, part times that are around three seconds. Um, 
to me, those all have the same pace or the same mindset, right? Then you have the, the, the two, and a half, two to two and a half second stages, uh, the fast ones, where you just have to, you know, punch it. There's no, uh, it's, it's, it's speed. That, that's yeah. just full speed, just going full speed. And then, of course, as fast as you can by, uh, by keeping it under control. And then there's one in the middle that I still need to figure out, and that's accelerator. I haven't classified oh. it. <laughs> and that's, that's the one that I either shoot really well or, I, or it, it, it doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> so accelerator is, is one that uh, if, I, if I average out all my guns, most of them I'm at 98%, 99%. Accelerator, I'm at 95%. So I definitely have some guns where I haven't figured that one out yet. It's, it's a combination of a, a fast stage with a, with a slower stage. So that's one that I still look forward to, let's say, breaking it down into, into different aspects and, and just figuring that one out. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting you say that. And Steve, I want you to answer the same question I just asked Daniel, but I want to make a comment about Accelerator. I personally think that if you could only practice one stage, that accelerator is the best stage to test, to, to, to practice on. And, and the reason for that is it's got the combination of a big swing. So you've got a, a large transition that you have to make. You've got relative distance, I mean, 20 yards, Okay. Yeah. It's not a 35 yard shot that you might have in speed option or outer limits, but you've got a 20 yard shot. You've got a 12 inch plate. You've got a very fast second shot. If you're shooting it um, in the classic uh, one, two, four, three stop uh, pattern, uh, that second shot is just a ripper, but you've also got, you know, it, it's not a, it's not the most difficult draw, but you know, it's a 10 inch plate at 10 yards. And so I personally think it's got the mixture of, of, of everything that steel challenge is, is providing in, in the different stages. Okay. It doesn't have any elevation change. Thank God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll leave that for pendulum. So but that's my opinion. But Steve, I'd like I'd like your opinion on this. You know, taking out the mental aspect of the game. What do you think is the the next thing that you know is is uh, a success element to to someone's shooting career? I, you know, I hate to go this route, but I will. I think you got to make sure that your stuff works. I mean, there's. Good. I won't good. give out any names or anything mm -hmm. like that, but there's some people that um, shooting a major match this weekend and going to a match with a gun that may not be running a hundred percent. I mean, you know, at the level of shooting that we're talking about, you can't be thinking about anything else. You know what I mean? So you can't be worrying about, Hey, is my gun going to go bang this time? Is this thing going to cycle and those kind of things? So I think that part of it's extremely important. But taking that aside, you know, that's why we invest in, you know, a lot of people uh, say that like the new JP5 is a lot of money. I am telling you that I actually ordered a second one. So <laughs> I'm waiting for my, my second JP5 to come in just because oh. I'm going to use it as a loaner gun because 
the thing is so well tuned. I mean, I'm sure I could run that gun for 10,000 rounds without a single, without a single hiccup. And, but that's why, that's why I think it's important to invest in, in, in the best stuff out there. But I think to back up all the way to, um, you know, how do you become a better shooter? You know, I've spent some time with a, a couple of folks at the range, but really what's helped me the most is my analytical side. And so when people come to me to train, we talk about numbers all the time. Yep. You have to understand where you're at. And it, it may not necessarily be, you know, the split between, you know, play two and three, unless if there's an opportunity, because I call it a hitch and hitch and um, my giddy up because one of the, it's, it's funny what Daniel said about accelerator. That is the first stage when I started shooting, I had the toughest time with. And what did I do? I set up and shot accelerator, probably more, more than a lot of people will shoot accelerator in a year or two, but it, it got into that rhythm. I don't know what it was, but I kept it. I, and I find that tendency still today, sometimes where like with my long guns, I'll actually point you plate number four for some reason. And it's no, no, no. I, I know that I need to see the, um, I know I need to see the plate, but, um, it really got to keep a focus on my dot. So, okay. Well, you know, it's interesting because you brought up a couple concepts there that I agree with. And, and Daniel pointed out something and that is, you know, I, I too is an, I too am a numbers guy and, and actually have a three by five card uh, in the back of my van and a copy of it in my range bag that for each stage, for each gun, I have my average string time for my personal best. Wait, but doesn't everybody? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, you've, you've got three shooting nerds here, so we're all going, yeah, what? what? That's normal. <laughs> I don't know how I would live without that. But, yeah. but it's, it's an, and, you know, I have, I have, uh, borrowed i had a training session last night and i borrow so much from steve in 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 talking with him on the podcast and, and watching his videos because it really is just great information to share with students and you know steve calls it the edge and and that is you know that that time that you can shoot that's right before the train wreck happens um and Knowing, knowing what you're doing again, if, if most shooters want to get in there and they want to get faster, every string, it's just natural. Oh, I just shot a two, five on smoke and hope. Now I want to shoot a two, two. Now I want to shoot a, a two, one, five and you're shooting open and you're going, holy crap. You know, for a for a rimfire rifle, that might not be great, but for an open, those those are you know blazing times. And you realize that in the past you've been a three second shooter on that stage. And if you knew that when you throw the two and a half, you say to yourself, "Okay, I'm on. Just keep throwing two and a halves, and you're going to crush the stage." Instead of trying to get faster every time and getting much further away from what your, your norm is. 
Um, but yesterday uh, I was working with uh, some good friends on showdown and this is something that, that, and I think you guys would agree. And if you don't, please say something, but it's, you've got to be going to, to be the best you can be. You've got to trust in your shooting. Don't shoot scared. Okay. But you got to put down those one for one runs. And it can't be just a lucky one for one run. It can't be, you know, our good friend Tom Nealon calls it the blind squirrel uh, run. It can't be a one for one run that's just flinging the gun around because that's not going to be consistent. But makeups cost you so much time uh, that, you know, staying focused. And, you know, Steve, how many times have you told people, even on Smoke and Hope, when you set the world record, you saw the dot on every plate? That's right. Exactly right. You can't, you can't, you can't outshoot the gun. And yeah. And that's what happens a lot of times is that little bit of panic comes in the back of your head and you don't feel like you're shooting fast enough, but if you're really focusing in on your sights and shooting, you are shooting a lot faster than what you think. Yeah. Well, to me, it's the beautiful part about this game is that, and we've all been there. We have all shot a great match, a personal best match and possibly lost to someone else who shot a little better. And the cool thing about that is, is that you can be happy for them, but you can be ecstatic for yourself because you did the best you could have possibly done. You just set a new personal best. How, yeah, could it have been better? Yeah, well, maybe next time it will, but, you know, that happened to me at Worlds, you know, shot first time under 100 in open. And I'm doing it at the World Speed Shooting Championships. And I couldn't have been more ecstatic. Um, I was in A class at the time and I came in second place. And I shook first place hand, congratulated him, and was still ecstatic because, well, I snuck by and won the old guy division. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I shot the best match I could possibly have shot. So, Daniel, what do you think about that concept? I, I couldn't agree more and uh, not to be repetitive of, you know, what you guys just said, the place where I do find that those, you know, just blazing runs where maybe you're not seeing everything are good for, that's called practice. Yeah. Um, because that will help yeah. you. At least it helped me learn, you know, learn to see faster. And uh, I think uh, uh, there was an article not too long ago about a guy whose name shall not be named who sees the bullet. Right. So how do you get there? Right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, if Grant's seen the bullet, right, he's, he's look, he, he learned to see fast, yep. right? And I think that's, that's a good training tool, uh, uh, to just train your sight to, to see faster. So some, you, you're going to have to push it in practice to the point where maybe you're not seeing everything, but, and then, you know, say, okay, so this is where the wheels fall off and, you know, and, and that's just knowing where, where, where you need to push next. And, and, you know, each stage is different. Well, you know, the, the other thing I've been hey, talking hey, about. Hey, Jeff, before, go ahead, before we get into that, that was an amazing article. I wonder who wrote that. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Again, Jeff. Again, it was, no, it was that, it was that anonymous <laughs> world-class <laughs> author that, uh, you know. Uh, Famous Clark. <laughs> Daniel, we like to have fun. <laughs> no, um, but that's, why do you think I mentioned it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like, I like the, 
the, the shooter who can see the bullet that we're not going to name, but Grant does a really good job. At that. <laughs> um, no, the, um, you know, it, it's, and, and Daniel, to, to, to expand on what you said, um, you know, I had a training session last night. I got another one coming up Wednesday, another one Thursday with shooters. And, you know, my big saying now is this is called practice. This is not called perfect. I expect you to make mistakes. I expect you to shoot outside your comfort zone so you can find out where that comfort zone is and then perform in a match. Uh, the I personally believe that most shooters that make it to the A range, A classification, have a grandmaster string string in them absolutely okay and all that's keeping them from being a grandmaster is the ability to do that at least four times it's not the ability well three more times yes thank yeah. you number. thank you numbers guy I mean, uh, what, you're absolutely right. But what I meant is I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. Um, we're all friends here and I'm, I'm used to it. Have you have you heard that Steve's got a home range? Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I believe that I believe that, you know, shooters that make their way up to the to the to the A level have that that grandmaster string in them. And when if they were to go back and look at and really take a look at, at, at just analyzing their their scores, they're going to see that they're taking two or three misses, makeup shots into their scores on every stage. And, you know, you pointed out that, you know, a, a tenth of a second makeup and you do the math, that, that comes out to be almost four seconds for the match is huge. But do the same thing and go just take one makeup string on every stage and let's just be fair and say the makeup costs you about 0.3 seconds. Well, you do the math there. That's 2.4 seconds for the match. And again, when you're, when you're talking about getting into a, the master and the grandmaster level, that's an eternity. And so, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've preached the whole grip the gun, go one for one, but it really is true. And what you have to do as a shooter is understand, you know, take the concept from Steve, what's your edge, take the concept from what you talked about, have some fun, talk about what we all know, which is whatever gun you're shooting you've got to see your sights. If you're just flailing, even on smoke and hope, if you're just saying, well, I just need the, the, the see white in the reticle. It might work, but it's not going to be consistent. What do you think? I think that if you can see the white and the, and, and the reticle, uh, you're just not seeing fast enough to see that the dot could be there. I love Agreed. it. I love it. That's great. Great content. Hey, Daniel, I, I know we're, uh, we're 
we're approaching close to an hour here. I just want to get a little bit of some technical advice from you. Um, when you're shooting, let's say pendulum, what's an average draw time? And let's talk about, uh, you know, an iron sight gun, like the last two that you got the unlimited or production, what type of draw time are you looking at at plate, your first plate? Uh, I've chased the one second draw for quite some time. A pendulum? Uh, no, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, I, I did, I did. I won't, I won't, I won't lie. I chased it. I chased it because I thought that that's where the, where the secret juice was. Sure. Um, but I found that if you are within 1.2, even sometimes a 1.3, um, uh, uh, draw, uh, realistically speaking, you know, not just practice point for point at the berm and, and send one off. Right. I mean, you were talking about getting the hit and moving to a transition plate. Cause I also found in practice that there's a difference if you just draw to the plate. And then if you once I add a transition automatically, uh, uh the draw usually gets slower by about a 10. Absolutely. Um, and, and if maybe that's a little bit too much of shot confirmation, and that's also something I, I, I want to, let's say, shave off. Um, but uh, I, I found that if you are within that 1.2 average, uh, uh, of course, every stage has, you know, a little different. Sometimes you're drawing to the left. Sometimes you're drawing to the right. Sometimes it's a square plate. Sometimes it's a round, smaller plate. But I think that that's uh, uh, overall where I found that, there's really, I, I stopped chasing a specific time after a while. Uh, once I saw that I was getting frustrated by trying to get, you know, a, a one second draw, for example, on speed option or, or a 1.1 and I wasn't getting there. And then I also realized that, you know, if you're, if your other four plates are doing well and your transitions are, are flowing, um, it's not that one tenth there that's going to make it or break it, you know, especially if you're going to come up, end up having a bad grip or, or, you know, you're going to throw it before you actually are ready to shoot. So uh, nowadays, um, the draw is whatever it's going to be. And uh, the rest of the stage, I'm, I'm going to push it there. But it, it, it improves with everything, right? As you improve your index, um, uh, everything just, just, I would say, evolves together. That's a pretty, uh, that is a pretty fast draw, especially on those types of, uh, plates which we've seen with a lot of other top center fire shooters is there any one thing that you can attribute to how you picked up speed on your draw or did you just come out of the holster that fast i think dry fire helps a lot and um uh shooting like i said i, I i'm a fan of open and uh I actually learned to draw on the speed holster. So actually going to the, to the Kydex holsters for production and carry optics later was a, was an adjustment. Um, but, um, I would say that's dry fire. Then that's something you can do at home, you know, for free. And, uh, and, and then again, I think that there's a lot there that is, you know, numbers and, uh, yeah, kind of breaking sure. it down into components. And I think that there's a lot of information out there and, you kind of have to find your own path. And I think most people uh, have a hard time with this. And I, ha I had a hard time for a long time listening to this, you know, just, just give me the secret sauce. There has to be a, uh, a, a ready <laughs> recipe that I can apply yeah. and everything is going to work. See, and, he's, and, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's from Brazil, but he's already become Americanized. Just give me the pill that will make my life easier and I'm good. I don't want to have to work hard. Just, just, 
just like you say, give me the secret sauce or the pill and I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all chase that, right? It's part of our, our, our early careers. Uh, oh God, I mean, early. I'm, I'm super early in the sport, but I still have a lot to learn a lot, a lot in front of me. Um, so, yeah, but I think that chasing that, you know, that secret is, is somehow not, not very productive. And it's, it's kind of hard to swallow that one when, you know, when there's so much information out there, but you got to find out what works for you in the end. Sure. Sure. Good stuff. Well, uh, you know, we're, uh, this usually takes about an hour for Steve's drive into work. I'm guessing he's almost to the parking lot. So, uh, let's wrap this up. Daniel, any, any parting thoughts for our listeners about, uh, you know, uh, being the first, uh, 13 division GM. Well, I've gotten a, a lot of feedback over social media and I uh, just wanted to say, you know, to, to all those people that, that took some time uh, to, to put in a few words that uh, they're really appreciated. Um, I'm uh, honored and, and really humbled by some of the comments out there. So I, uh, I really appreciate the, yeah, I mean, just, just the recognition and um, from the whole community and also, you know, uh, all my supporters, um, uh, I couldn't have done it without, you know, great year I, I get from, from, from Rafferty and, uh, just having the access to the facilities and at ProTech and, you know, just being out there, SNR has always helped me out here in Indiana as well with supplies, you know, without those guys, it's, it, it, it makes everything a little harder. So I really appreciate uh, all the support I've been getting so far. And also really appreciate uh, just the camaraderie of the shooters and, you know, still challenges a big family. And uh, you definitely feel that when you're out there. Fantastic. Sure. Steve, what do you got coming up? Uh, I think you're heading to Rimfire Worlds here, aren't you? Yeah, this uh, this upcoming weekend, heading back to shoot Rimfire uh, Challenge, which has been, wow, probably two years since I've done that. So. Look forward to that, and then maybe sneak in a couple of Florida matches here at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. You know, we've got the uh, Florida States coming up here in December, and uh, early in 2022, we have the Ultimate Steel Challenge over at the Volusia Gun and Hunt Club, both of those. Uh, the range, you know, is uh, I love the range. Uh, it's a little bit of a hike for me, but I love going over there and shooting that match. Uh, Gorkin Lloyd, who bought the range, are shooters, and they've they've taken the range to a whole new level because they understand what shooters want. And you know, Greg runs those matches, and you know the the sticks are at the right height; they're in the right position. Uh, every shooter's got cover uh, over the shooting boxes. Uh, and you know, I think they've solved the, most of the drainage issues. So you're not walking through a, a lake to get to the plates to have to paint them. So, uh, they've done a real good job over there. So, uh, I'll be at those matches and I, and I hope to see you there. Sounds good. And Daniel, thank you so much for taking your time out with us this morning. What a great accomplishment and, uh, congrats, sir. And, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've always listened to the podcast. It's kind of surreal to be on it for, for a change. So, well, we were happy to have you on. Thanks for coming on, spending the time, you know, for those that don't know, we do these things about six, we start up at about six 30 Eastern time. So uh, it works out real well for, uh, for Steve and his drive into work. So 
you know, my alarm went off and I actually popped out of bed and went, oh, good. We're, we're doing a podcast. I enjoy these mornings. So uh, I hope everybody has a good time listening to this. And uh, hey, Steve. Uh-oh. Did we lose Steve? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There no. he is. There he is. You know how we end these. Give out that uh, coupon, uh, that uh, discount code. Yeah, it's ST Podcast 10 for anything off uh, RageStore.net. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good morning. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.